So, I'm disappointed no one has asked me about my post. Which one? The one that said, it's 15 minutes to showtime, and I need to dispose of a body. I might be late. Oh, I did see that. Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, I'll be talking to Sue anyhow. Yeah, but you haven't asked me about it yet. Okay, what's your... I assume you would tell us. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I had a dead squirrel in my yard, and I needed to get rid of it. Well, it's not as bad as I was envisioning. I was thinking, like, a skunk or a raccoon. See, that's what happened before. Two weeks ago, I had a dead skunk. Oh. And I said to myself, the last time I had a dead skunk, I buried it, and some terrible creature dug it back up. So I don't want to bury it. So I'll just take it across the street and throw it in the ravine. Well, skunks are very heavy when they're de- actually when they're alive. They're very heavy too. And yeah. so it's called I dead weight. Chucked it <laughs> over the ravine, but I didn't get it very far, and it didn't smell. It wasn't stinky. There was no nothing. Well, apparently, and I figured something would just come and eat it because you know that's what happens. Yeah. Well, apparently, nothing came to eat it, and it was really, 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 really hot. So it sort of like bloated and exploded, and then it oh, smelled God. like oh. skunk at the end of my driveway for the last two weeks, uh. which is really bad because that's where the farm stand is, and so everybody that was stopping to get food had to deal with skunk. Uh. So I threw the squirrel somewhere else. I've learned my lesson, hopefully. Not so much fun. I went back to work today. Yeah, yeah. was it? It was okay. No kids yet, so... Um, no, it's not as fun. I spent yeah. the day inventorying books and doing stuff like that. Trisha, do you have any great stories, or shall we start? Because I know you're... Well, yeah, I, I didn't make my whole family think I was dead. What? Yes, you did. That was really good. <laughs> I went out with my, my girlfriend. He takes he usually takes my pictures, and I was showing her where I wanted to take pictures. Mm-hmm. And so... We went out and we took picture. I mean, I took her to the place. It took us a little while. We ended up like walking like two miles. <laughs> and remind I me ca- not to I, go out with you, huh? I said, remind me not to go out with you. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, oh miles. my god, Trish, this is going to take forever to walk. I'm like, oh man, my parents are going to kill me if we do this. But we figured out where we had the, we had pictures and uh, where we had the pictures. So I took her back to her car. She's like, oh, I did. I did. I'm like, oh, and then I did. I'm like, oh, I got to get all of something. So we go to the local Chipotle, and my phone fell out of my purse. Oops. And um, well, Arg was trying to call me. Didn't know. Didn't know. Didn't know. And my girlfriend and I, we just haven't seen each other in a really long time. So we were, I mean, we're just catching up. Well, I guess Arg was calling my parents. My parents was calling Christian, and Christian was calling my friend Lisa, and 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 Lisa's son, who's friends with Christian, they were talking back and forth while they couldn't find me. <laughs> oh boy! My girlfriend Amy is call is calling me, and she's calling Arg, and they're all worried. And and what ended up hap- ended up happening? Christian figured it out. Well, Ark and I track each other can track each other on on your phone. Find my find my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Well, they found me, and Ark and Christian's like, "Well, where is she?" My son's calling my mom, all upset. He goes, "Should I call the police?" I'm like, "My mom's like, no, don't call the police." <laughs> apparently, my parents, my sister-in-law, they're all planning my funeral. <laughs> what? Nice. 
because the, the, the where we ha- where we were taking pictures, it's not the most safest place to be. <laughs> oh, myself, okay. Per se, like if you go, like I run there. I run you there. tell people that you were going with other people. Yeah, and, and they didn't know. They they didn't they know how to get. Up they were both dead. Yeah, oh. pretty much. Okay. They, were, they were thinking she killed me or something. Good friends you have. Yeah. So well. They found, they found, they tracked my iPhone and they saw that I was at Chipotle. My girl, my one girlfriend, Lisa, is like two minutes away. She flies down. She comes in and I see her and she sits down right beside me. She's like, better call your family. Aww. And I went, huh? And I looked, went into my purse, looked at it. Oh, shit. I run to my car. I have like 20 messages. <laughs> So then the next morning, it's, you know, I, it, it's almost seven and I'm supposed to be up and let the chickens out by seven, but you know, it's almost the end of summer and, and it's so cuddly and warm in my bed and I'm, I'm getting yeah. up, I'm getting up. So then I hear mom, Sue? I'm like, yeah. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I know I'm a couple minutes late, but I'm getting up. She's like, okay. Well, apparently the chickens went nuts. So much nuts that the new neighbor at the end of my driveway, which is a really long driveway, heard them. <laughs> oh, my. I didn't hear them. And the dog, who quits the room immediately as soon as she hears anybody outside, didn't leave mm-hmm. my apartment. So oh. mom's like, oh, my goodness, Sue's dead and Bonnie won't leave the body. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Just, I was just trying to sleep in for a few minutes. It's uh, not fall. We don't read fallout. Fallout's part of nuclear bombs. Fallout. That's not the fallout. Get away. It's Harry Potter. <laughs> so Harry Potter got nuked? No, Harry Potter didn't get nuked. <laughs> That's totally going to be the title of this podcast. Harry you Potter got nuked. The, you, just, you just made the title of the podcast. Don't be sleeping in your brand new shorts either. Sorry, I'll change. Oh, jeez. Alright, say goodbye to Sue. Bye. Good night, all. So Rick. Harry Potter did not get nuked. No, Harry Potter did not get nuked. Oh, the neighbor's dogs are so loud. I'm sorry. I think it means that there's somebody at the farm stand, though. Oh, this time of day. Weirdest thing ever. Oh, wait, you're, you're, okay, not yeah, at the same time. Like, I keep forgetting. Okay. So we went to the farm stand last night. Yeah. To, to gather money and bring in the, the food, because we don't leave the food out overnight. So there's this note, and in, in mm-hmm. we have a little notepad people write on, and it said, mm-hmm. "Documented without trespassing, historical, historical registry. Is it hist- was it historical registry or something registry? Maybe maybe not historical, but something or other registry left a donation. Oh. We have no clue oh. what it means. Okay, no clue at all. We're just like okay, and they left oh, us a I dollar. Guess- I was going to say, they must have pooped in your yard or something. No, and I don't know if they, like, knew that our house was on the historical registry before they got... I mean, because the only way they could know that is if they came on the porch. And nobody was on the porch, and that would have been trespassing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It was really weird. What? Okay, let's start this story before I go to sleep. Yeah, because we're going to lose Trisha really quick. There's something weird going on. Oh my. We need search and rescue for Skype. Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. 
You've got three now. <laughs> what have you done, Alex? You're calling people. Don't call strangers. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. I. You almost have ruined Charlie to tell for me there. <laughs> oh. And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed with squirrel breath. Who dares enter my chamber? <laughs> Oh, dash into my chimbas. <laughs> Save yeah. that for something. It totally needs to be you. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I think she just replaced Scott. <laughs> Sex and snorkags. Awkward. Yeah, Google I have food Google is always food. useful. Okay, Google food. I, have, came I was having with us. fun. Well, that's oh. always good, too. We're not fun anymore. You're a different kind of fun. You don't want it to be the same kind of fun. I was going to say, I don't want to know what kind of fun (laughs) you were having. (laughs) And that's all we're going to say about that because... (laughs) Because we don't want to know what you were doing. Thanks. Now you're just making it seem even worse. (laughs) (laughs) You are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state, that's all. Doing the Ryan thing. (gasps) Oh, Want to hear my stupid story? Yes. <laughs> I know you did something because you sent me a message and was like, "Do I have a story for you?" And I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Sorry, that just brought a lot of memories, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit, me and my oversharing." <laughs> you do like to do that. She flews the headmaster's office. And Albus says, good evening, Minerva, is there a problem? Albus, I have an unconscious death eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just... (laughs) (laughs) Because we were slightly off topic. Off topic? Us? Never. Never. No, not at all. How dare you, Sue? How dare you? I know. We're in depth when we're not off topic. Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. Gave you some big brassy balls. Well, you know, <laughs> we have to have balls. That's what we do. I, know, I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Bloody buggering hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> I hate being responsible. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the Potterfic Weekly series of podcasts. Oh, excuse me, family of podcasts. I am Sue. I am Trisha. And I'm Minnie. And Scott is off and away at a birthday party tonight. So I want to go to a birthday party. I know, that kind of sounds like fun. We are starting on Chapter 9, which is called Fallout, which is what sparked that wonderful discussion with Trisha's son Ulrich a few minutes ago. Um, of Melinda Leo's These Cuts I Have. And basically, last time the crew was playing Quidditch, and Death Eaters got the wards halfway down and started hexing everybody. Harry got hit with a slicing hex. Percy got hit with a stunner. Bill was able to get the wards back up before the Death Eaters actually made it onto the property. And at this point, Ginny has just run over to Harry, who realized he was bleeding and fainted dead away. Poor Harry. 
Poor Harry. Oh. Melinda, Melinda loves Harry by hurting him. That's that's the way Melinda does it. So here we go. Honest um, Melinda. I mean, do we have to have an intervention or something? <laughs> just want to know. I mean, he doesn't always have to get hurt. Can we just maybe get a paper cut? Okay, you know what? He probably will find that. He probably start bleeding with a paper cut and paint there too. But. It's better than whatever's cut him up. I don't know. Did he get cut in the chest? I can't remember. I think it was on the side. Might have been the chest. Yeah, I don't know who knows. It's a course One of those slicing hexes, so. Yeah, and so she's, um, I mean, so she's screaming and she's freaking. In some way, she's holding it together, mm-hmm. but also, like Jenny is, and kind of just freaking out in her head at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's sort of, you know... She screams, Dad, he's hurt, and Dad leaves Percy with Charlie and runs over, and she's got Harry's head cradled in her lap, and her father checks, and he's got his long uh, gaping slash from his ribs into his abdomen. So um, Arthur tells George to go head off Molly, and George doesn't move. He's just horror-struck looking at Harry. Fleur says it's very deep, and she can't fix it. They need to go to St. Mungo's. Arthur says, Charlie, get me, let's get him inside. Ginny, go get your mother. And Ginny. I thought she was supposed to go ahead. So George is supposed to go ahead her off. Why it is. Well, because he doesn't George, do a good job. George doesn't move. So. Oh, that's right. He's, he's in spell shock. And, and so, um, although Ginny doesn't want to leave Harry, she, she does go and head off Molly and says, you know, he's hurt. Let's go get your first aid kit. And Percy comes in, and he's okay. He's just been stunned, and the innervate works on him. Mm. And then Jenny's vision clouds and elongates, and she's starting to get dizzy. And all of a sudden, she was back at Hogwarts on the grounds during the battle. So both Jenny and George are having flashbacks at this point. Poor guys. Yeah. It happens. I mean, there's something not traumatic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It does. And Molly's, you know, what happened to Harry? She's very shrill and freaking out. And Charlie's like, we need something else to put on this Somebody needs to remain calm. (laughs) Yeah. So Ginny goes and gets towels because Harry's bleeding through everything. Um, Bill calls Kingsley so that they're ready at St. Mungo's because they don't want anybody to know that Harry's going in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I ask one question? Sure. How is Fur like the met- meta witch or whatever? Meta witch? Yeah. I don't know. She just has. I seem to see that a lot. I know. Yeah. I see that a lot I've been, too. I've been seeing that a lot too. That's why I'm like, when did this all happen? Maybe just to make her useful because she didn't seem to be in the books. Because I mean, the whole Triwizard Tournament thing, she didn't seem to do much. No, she could Magic- be- Yeah, magically. And yeah. I think this is just a way to be like, she's not an incompetent, you know, pretty face who can't do anything. That's true. I mean, she didn't make a good, like, mean pie or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not magic. She could have magic it. Well, you can't. You can't she multiply. Who can multiply. multiply it? I don't know. Well. So the family takes Harry to St. Mungo's. Ginny has to go through the flu, and everybody else pretty much aberrates. And they... Sneak him in. I love uh, Arthur. He goes to the Mediwitch, or the front desk, and he says, this is the high-profile case the ministry's expecting. And they're like, okay, here we go. And they take him away, and, you know, the door's closed behind him, and the family's just standing there going, uh, but, uh, 
And they're told that they can go up to the fourth floor, spell damage, and somebody will meet them. And then Kingsley meets them up there and takes them to a more secure room so that they can talk. Percy says that, or they say that Percy was also stunned and the ministry is going to send people to the borough to check and make sure that the wards are okay. And so the family can't go home until all of this is taken care of. So they're kind of stuck at the hospital for a while. That's okay. Go to Hogwarts! They want to be where Harry is anyhow. Well, Hogwarts is this is all disassembled right now. Oh, that's true. I forgot. I know. I do too. Mostly because I keep forgetting how little time has passed. I'm getting everything confused. And it, it happens a lot to me too. Yeah. And I love Molly here. I want to know what you plan on doing to keep Harry safe. The war is over. He's supposed to be safe. And Kingsley, oh. you've got to love Kingsley. Gets down on her, you know, level. He takes her, her hand in his. I'll do everything in my power. Don't, you know, don't worry. But, of course, we know other things will happen to Harry because it's Harry. Yes. That's what happens. Well, uh, Harry's always in the hospital when He is. I mean, we can't blame this just on Melinda because he spent no. an awful lot of time in the hospital wing when Joe was writing him too. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? That's, they're just sick individuals that need to learn better. But it's fun. It's fun hurting our favorite character. Yeah. You are sick people. <laughs> we have poor Harry who's waking up and going, I don't know where I am. Yeah. It's a hospital, but it's not oh, the hospital shit. wing. So, crap, I must be in St. Mungo's. Uh, and he, you know, what happened? The Mediwitch comes in. And I love that the, the Mediwitch comes in and does a spell that relieves his full bat- bladder. And, and I've, seen that, I've seen that quite a few times on people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a question. When they do that kind of stuff, how does it go? I don't know. It just disappears. It yeah, it just disappears. So, in, I mean, in physics, it can't, it just, it's just... Scientifically, you just can't do it. Okay. Back in the day, before they invented plumbing, went to the water supply. No, you just peed on the ground and vanished the evidence, apparently, according to Joe. Well, you know what? She has the plumbing that goes straight into the damn lake. That's true. Those poor merpeople. Which, 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 according to Cursed Child, violates the bylaws, but nobody's bothered to fix the thing, which is finally brought up. Um, (laughs) After, after God knows how many years. Green. I know. Well, no, that's that's basically because of where they live. But anyway, um, I've heard a lot of people talking about Cursed Child. Puffa is the only one that has taken on merpeople rights because of the plumbing going straight into the lake. But it yes, it does mention the fact that it shouldn't be going straight into the lake. But anyway, uh, no, they used to just vanish the evidence before they invented plumbing. So, well, I mean, and if, and, if, and if you can vanish, like, if you can transfigure, like, a person into a bone, like, there must be some sort of, like, thing. Like, I'm, I'm now imagining anamorphs because there's rules about, you know, a human transforming into, like, an ant. And there's sort of this extra mass, and that sort of goes into what they call Z-space. Or if you are transforming into something that's bigger, you sort of borrow mass from G-space. So there must be some sort of, like, 
Oh, so if I'm making a bigger mass of myself, I'm yeah. taking that stuff that's in G or Z or whatever Z space, space, whatever the hell. Z, yeah. yeah, Z space, and so I'm making myself. I'm putting poop on me. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, how about this? Let's think Ew. about it this way. This is really bad. The they they banish it, and it just goes into the atmosphere and falls as rain. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, at least it gets kind of, at least maybe it gets somewhat filtered through the clouds. And yeah, stuff. yeah, it gets filtered through the clouds. Maybe they just banish it into the toilet. Alexander, those claws are really sharp in my leg. Thank you. Or, but what maybe it all goes through the room of requirement. Oh, yes, there might be a big pile of dots. And that's what Hagrid, that's what Hagrid uses as fertilizer. I was going to go there. <laughs> that's what makes the pumpkin so big. Oh, yeah, and that's why they have extra tomatoes. Uh, what? Don't even talk to me about tomatoes right now. I got so many tomatoes, it's not even funny. Mm. So. Yeah, I went Or maybe there. when you conjure things out of... Th- oh, God. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Telling you, I'm not, I'm not having poop. <laughs> I'm adding stuff. I'm just. All right. Okay. I'm never so gonna add. Here's okay. here's how it works. When they banish it from your full bladder, it is yeah. banished into the toilet that's adjacent to the room, and then just gets flushed down the next time somebody's in there. All right, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> there we go. We've got it figured out. So. He's trying to get up. She's the Mediwitch lays him back down and says, "Just." Relax. It reminds me of that scene when McGlagan whacked him in the head with the what was it, the bludger? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I want to go find McGlagan and kill him." And Madame Pomfrey's like, "That would fall under the category of overexertion. Get back into bed." <laughs> so. He falls asleep. She gives him a potion. Oh, first of all, he asks them, asks her to send in the Weasleys, and Ginny and Mrs. Weasley come in first. And the many witch is left oatmeal, and so Molly feeds him, which of course mortifies him all the more. And mm-hmm. Ginny just thinks it's hilarious. So every time Molly sticks a spoon in his mouth, Ginny's behind her hand snickering, and he's just like sending her death glares. Ah, but and and you know he's like, I don't need. I don't need help. And Jenny's like, yeah, I know, but it makes us feel better, okay? All right. Just, uh, I, just, I just like when the metal witch comes in and she's like, it's pain reliever. You can swallow it or I can assist you in swallowing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know the Epasco? Yeah, that's good. It's a good Epasco down your throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he starts to fall asleep and Jenny's like, it's okay. Somebody will be here when you wake up. And he wakes again and he's in pain. And Mr. Weasley and Kingsley are in there in fluffy chairs. I love that. <laughs> okay, how? Okay, how? What make? What makes them fluffy? Well, what, I, mean, what makes them fluffy? Well, I, is there feathers on them? Oh, 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 oh no! Oh, oh. I think I I look at them as like overstuffed um not armchairs but like you know like TV bags? chairs. No, like TV chairs, like the uh, you know, like the, a recliner. Yeah. Or my mom has one that doesn't really recline. It kind of rocks, and it's just just great big. Oh yeah, yeah. boxy chair with a hassock at the at the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it it's something much more comfortable than the chair that I am sitting on right now. That I'm sitting on in such a way that my foot is going to sleep. Oh, so it's just a big comfy 
chair. But if you want to put feathers on it, Trisha, you can. Okay, I was just wondering. Because when I think of fluffy, I think, like, fur or, or feathers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose it could, like, be... Um, bare line. Bear, yeah, there you go. Bare line, that sounds good. With a head right above their head. Mm-hmm. And the head talks to... The <laughs> forest fires. Okay, sorry. Imagination ran a little wild. Thank you, Smoogie. <laughs> so we find out that a uh, Death Eater was seen asking a bunch of questions. Harry's like, what do you and mean? And nobody freaking did need... Oh, my God. No. What do you mean They're I'm the prime smart. target? Well, you know, you what sort of mean? killed... What do you mean, Harry, you idiot? I know. You sort of Harry's killed Harry's being Voldemort. dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean... Oh. Yeah. And he's like... You know, and, and you, Harry's the same as Molly. It's supposed to be over. I'm done with this. Okay, is it a Gryffindor thing, Maybe. or is it a hair like a Harry Weasley thing that they think it's just overdone? Boom! Mm-hmm. It's a Harry Weasley thing because I mean, as a Slytherin, I was head desking during this entire chapter, going, "Guys, <laughs> think like it doesn't just." Ugh. It doesn't end when you kill the king. It doesn't end There's like still that. other parts that have to be taken care of, too. So now the healer has come in, Healer Larkin. And she's like, why didn't you call me as soon as you woke up for another pain pay- potion? And he's like, well, because I don't like pain portion- potions. And then she wants to talk to, she wants to look at his chest. <laughs> where the killing curse rebounded. I still want to see. I still want to see a hippogriff on it. <laughs> He'd probably get one. Yeah, Jimmy would probably insist. And then he has a panic attack, and so he can't breathe, and he's clutching the bed sheets, and he's just freaking out. Poor and kid. Healer Larkin is like, "Okay, just deep breaths, calm down. You're okay." And she talks him through it, and then he falls asleep again. And when he she wakes probably up, probably knocks him out. Yeah, I'd be like, does, doesn't she do that? Um, I don't think so. Uh, she repl- she placed no, her hand yeah. upon Vladivostok. The, the breath re- yeah, radiates just, from her hair. Yeah, pretty much. She she she, she just talks him. him down. I saw this wonderful, funny thing on Facebook, and it's about kids um kids throwing tantrum, and you spray this thing on on um on a napkin. It's called nap time. And at least one doctor's like, this is chloroform. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, I'm sorry. What else is happening? So he wakes up again, and Ginny's there. And she says, are you hungry? Here's some soup. And he's like, no, I don't want you to feed me. I don't want you to do that. And she's like, well, but you should have seen your face. You were so funny, and you made Mom's day. And he's like, yeah, but. But she tells him that he can feed himself and so he eats a little bit of it and she just says i'm here i'll be here it's okay and she tells about george's flashback and that percy's okay and that's about it they just sort of you know hang out and talk until the mediwitch shows up with another potion that knocks him out everybody likes harry the best way sleeping Mm -hmm. just like how sometimes i like my son that way Yep. Only sometimes? Oh, yeah, sometimes. 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 He sometimes snores, too, which I'm like, come on. (laughs) And then we move to Hermione, 
who is my note on that is oh I I completely forgot about Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's pissed off on about Ron. You know they've arrived when in is, Sydney when after a delay in Germany, and now you know she's like. They're told that the best way to get across the continent is to hitchhike. And she's like, there's no way in heck I'm taking Ron hitchhiking. He's like already going, oh, look at this. Oh, boy, look at this. And there's no way he's going to maintain. So she can't do that. So they have to take a bus, and it takes forever. And Why don't they apparate? Because they yeah, don't know I'm... where they're apparating to. That well, never stopped me before. She didn't, they didn't remember where they were operating before sometimes. I mean, well, like, like, we could go over to Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. I don't know. All right, Melinda, you screwed up on this one, too. <laughs> Poor Melinda. <laughs> I am not telling Melinda she screwed up on this. That's all on you, Trisha. If you want to call her out on that, you call her out. No, well, they had to. Well, Ron needed the bus journey that wasn't the nice bus. Wasn't the night bus. So it wasn't the night bus. Yeah, and it, it was wasn't not the night. Keza's bus with the flidge. What that it was called? Keza's bus. They they didn't flew. They flidged or something like that. I can't remember now. I'll have to ask. It's not even remember. a boat. So, uh, yeah. So, but she took the Firefly Express. I love that. <laughs> Through Mel, you know. to Adelaide via Melbourne, and by the time they get there, they're so exhausted that she just books a hotel. And her, you know, they they snuggle together and fall asleep. You want a jug? <laughs> of course, that's what Ron's thinking. Oh well, and <laughs> so Hermione's at her wits' end because she's trying to find them as dentists, and they're they're not under any dentists, and so now she figures they must be working for somebody else. So she starts looking that way, and she finally tracks down her mother, and she has to confund somebody to get the address, because, of course, nobody's going to just give you the address. Mm-hmm. And now she's, you know... And, and Ron's found the telly, and all he's doing is watching television, and she's just like... Argh. So he says, I wish we had some brandy. And she's like, Brandy? And he's like, yeah, you need to relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she goes down and gets a bottle of wine and gets all loopy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, before before we do that, so the part where, like, you know, something always goes wrong with our plans, I'm totally imagining that bit with Harry, who's like, since when do our plans ever worked, Hermione? <laughs> mm-hmm. so- At least she's relaxing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, there are other ways to do that, but um, I know. But then she brings up old shit, mm-hmm. which you're just kind of like, I know, Hermione, dumbass. I'm like, how far did you get with lavender? You know what? It's called. Who cares? Yeah, you don't ask you know those what? questions because you never ever want to know the answer. Exactly. I mean, case in point. I know that Christian was a pig at one point in time in his life, especially in college. I will never ask him how many women. Because, you know what? I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Because there's nothing I can do to change about it. Yep. It makes it interesting when we go to restaurants sometime. Because we <laughs> went to a restaurant, and he looks at me, he goes, I might get a drink thrown at me. And I looked at him, and I go, why? He goes, you see that woman over there? And goes, yeah. He goes, I did something bad to her, and I can't remember what. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. 
I, I looked at him and I go, honest to God, you did not. He goes, yeah, I think I did something bad and I can't remember what I did. I go, is this good? I go, is this, I, this is when we kind of were first starting dating. I go, is this going to recur? Is this going to occur a lot of times? He's like, it, it could possibly be. <laughs> oh dear. And I'm like, I go, it's, it's always going to be interesting with you, isn't it? And he goes, probably. <laughs> well, Tricia, you're not the kind of person that wants boring, so interesting yeah, is good. Oh, interesting is, is fine, but there's a couple of times where you're like, really? I just wanted to have some nice Indian food, and I, got, and, I, and I have to sit here and worry that you might get a drink for her, not you. Okay. I'm like, I hope she's not drinking hot tea. Yeah, well, a little scald in action there. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyhow. So, yeah, so she wants to know if they shagged, and he's like, no, no, never. Okay, never not without our clothes. And she's like, so, you were grinding. And he's like, Hermione. And so he gets it gets and then he gets him all up in arms and he's like, "Rabble, you snog crumb." It's it's just yeah. bad. Yeah, and you know she snogged crumb. End of story. He did a whole lot more with lavender in the common. Room. Yes, he did. You know, so you know there was more stuff going on when they weren't in the common room. I'm sure. As I'm sure there was definitely more than snogging going on between Harry and Ginny and Cannon, but yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they never did anything like that. <laughs> no, but you know, when they finally get around to it, it's going to be magnificent because he's Harry Potter. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we all, Mary couldn't even take make a, could even do say that, think it with a straight face. <laughs> no, <it's>... no, <laughs> no. God, what is that thick? We're like. The Earth shatters when Harry and Ginny finally get around to um, consummating the relationship. Oh, the, uh... Give me a second. It's the one where the the cat eats the bird. The cat eats the... Wait, is that the one where they're in a boat? Uh-oh. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, okay, okay. So it's one of the... It was one of the first ones that Scott did, so maybe this is... So, was it season two? How the hell do you remember that? Well, I'm looking in season three, and it's not there. Future's oh, past. Oh, Oh, it was Coven of Echoes. Oh, that's right. I have no idea. With H. Whimsy. That's all I remember. I don't remember anything else. I don't think I read it. Yeah. And they went in that... Oh, she was so creepy, too, because she went down, and they went down in that room, and the floor was spongy, and there were all those things in the jar, and it was, like, looking at them, and, oh and they had the dog that was half dog, half lizard, and it didn't have any fur. It was naked. And, oh, yeah. It, that's, that's <laughs> okay, can we get back to the story? Okay. Creepy thick. Okay. All right, anyhow. Where were well, we? Oh. Time stands still. Chapter 10. Oh, no, wait, wait, So the author, my note for the author's note was longer than the rest of my notes. But, okay. no, I love the bit about how Jen was worried about how, how everybody went into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this, but, no, it reminded me. So do you remember the Ramona books? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the one where Ramona's in kindergarten, and they read this story by Mike Mulligan and the train or tractor or something, and Ramona asks... How did he go to the bathroom? And the teacher looks at her and goes, well, 
he did, but that's not like an important part of the story, so they didn't put it in. And all the little kids are all worried about how Mike Mulligan went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds about it, right. Absolutely adorable. But yeah, there's a whole Jen in the bathroom thing reminded me of that. Yeah, that and was. God knows how I remember that. That was uh, part of uh, after the end, I believe. Really? Or, yeah, I think that's where it came up. I don't know that it was actually part of the oh, story, oh, but Jen, yeah. that was when Jen was like, I want to know, when did they go to the bathroom? How so, do you remember all of that? Well, I've listened to the podcast at least three times each. Still. I am very impressed. It's a weird thing. I, I'm you just remember ha- songs. I remember podcasts. I remember nothing. <laughs> my, my notes for next chapter are all, oh, poor Harry. Poor Harry. Aww. But literally all of my notes are poor Harry. Oh, and there's a poor Andy in there, too, somewhere. Poor Andy, huh? Okay. Who knows Andy? Mm. Andromeda talks. Oh. Oh. Bad Andy. So, okay. Harry wakes up for the first time in two days alone, and he looks around, and he's like, he's got to pull himself together. And, oh, man, he's, you know, he's got to figure this out and get things going, and the healers won't let him have a shower. He insists that he needs to be on his feet so he can get strong again, and they're like, nope, you got to use the cleansing charms, and they just don't cut it, and he really wants a shower. And she's like... Something, sometimes nothing better, nothing's better than a nice shower. Amen. Although I would kill now for a bath. Well, okay. I usually shower every other day. Unless, you know, I'm working really hard or whatever. Yeah. So, I had my hair cut Wednesday and I took a shower because, you know, you have to do that when you have your hair cut. Yeah. And then Friday, we were going to lay sod and I was going to get up Friday morning and take a shower. Well, we ran the well dry. So Oops. no water. And the well slowly filled up, but we put sod down. So, I mean, we were working really hard. Laying sod's a, a, a big job. And it was oh, 96 yeah. degrees. And so Ooh. the sod people said, once you get it laid down, you have to water it for an hour and a half. Well, we ran the well dry a second time. Oops. So needless to say, I didn't get a shower that day. <laughs> and I was like... Please let the well have water in it Saturday morning. I have to take the cat to the vet, and I don't want to go having not showered in three days. So I did, did it. I did get my shower. Yes, it was oh, a very good. fast shower, and it was a miserable night because I was sticky and hot, and uh, it was awful. But yeah, so I totally understand how he feels. He just wants a shower. I know I do too. Like when, I mean, the last time I had surgery, you know, they had me laid up in bed for. Three days. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I also wasn't eating because they wouldn't let me eat until my, you know, system, like, started working again. So I was mm-hmm. like, I haven't eaten and I haven't taken a shower. Oh, you're not a happy camper. Yeah. You were Mr. Grumpy Pants. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was. I, w- I was very grumpy. And then they had to go and take the bandage off. So I'm grumpy, hungry, and screaming. It <laughs> doesn't sound like fun at all. No, it really wasn't. And then, like, I also discovered that was when I discovered I was allergic to band-aids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're just I understand. Pretty much. And then the portions of food were tiny, so I had to order, like, three orders of breakfast. Aw. Feed me. I don't want to do that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So, so the, I, I, I totally get Harry. So Betty Witch comes in and she's like, good morning! And he's like, 
Not very good morning. And she's like, and, and I love it because they like run their wand, wand over him and they know exactly how he's feeling. So they've been like, oh, you're in pain. Oh, you're this. So, and he's like, how do you know these things? And they're like, it's magic. And so now she, you know, she runs the, the diagnostic spell over him and she's like, oh, look, you're feeling better. And he's just like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> Can I have a shower? And she's like, not yet. <sighs> And the so. thing on his chest is still bruised. And- Don't they have, like, sponge baths or something? Yeah, but he wouldn't want that either. I mean, well, that'd be better than nothing. High, the cleansing charm takes the place of the sponge bath, because you don't need oh, it if you're... You know what? He has a freaking girlfriend. Yeah. What do you think that's supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Jenny, Jenny is just not doing her job. No. <laughs> Well, although, to be fair, there are going to be Weasleys bursting in and out. The last thing either of them wants is for her to be sitting there giving him a sponge bath and, like, Molly or Arthur burst in, or God forbid Ron. Oh, wait, Ron's not there. Um, it is, it is called a locking. A locking charm. Do you honestly think that Molly Weasley is going to get stopped by a locking charm? Well, She's going to be like, what are you doing and barge in on them anyway? Yeah. Well, the thing is, it will stop them, but it will give them enough time to get everything in order. Okay. Well, it depends on how close I'm going to. I'm going to share. Uh-oh. I'm going to put this on pause. Make sure I turn it back on. Not so much. But anyhow. Oh, yeah, trying to go to the loo after surgery. I point blank refused to use a bedpan, so they had to, yeah. Oh, I, ca- I had I had to use one because I couldn't get up on my own. So, well, I, I, I really couldn't either, but I was like, absolutely not. This is why you need a vanishing charm. Yes. Yep. See, the wizards have this figured out. Mm-hmm. Even though it goes into the Z universe and and it comes back out that something it comes else out is rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we are so bad. Okay. Well he wakes up, baby's crying. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. And it's Teddy. Uh-huh. And she's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean for him to wake you up and Harry's like, I'm so happy to have somebody here. It's okay. <laughs> oh, Harry. Oh. <laughs> And, and you're not a redhead or anything else. I know. And he's he changes his hair. Isn't this where he changes his hair color? And, yeah. and she's like, oh, thank goodness I was tired of the blue. <laughs> yeah. The Weasleys can be overwhelming. It's probably a relief not to have them around. And yeah, especially if you're not used to it. I mean, I didn't come from a very, I mean, I don't have a very large family. I have a large family, but I don't have a large family. Immediate family, oh, yeah. and I know, like going to, like I, I do have a some family that has like more than four people or so, and it's just at their house. It's just like it's like total freaking chaos. I'm like, yeah, it's too much. Yeah, yeah. If you're not used to it, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And Andy tells Harry that he needs to be really careful of Rudolphus, and Harry's like, I will be, and she's like, No, really. Teddy can't can't lose another person, and that really makes Harry think. 
And then we have Ginny, who's cleaning out Ron's room because Harry's supposed to be coming home. God, that's, you know what, she's a bright, she, she's yeah. definitely... God knows what's door. going in there. Mm-hmm. Or what, what empty socks are left. So, or whatever. Yeah. And then she hears this noise, and it's coming from the twi- uh, George's room, and it can't be George because he's gone to the shop, and she looks in there, and it's George. And he's... Poor, poor George. Yeah. But they they have a really good talk. He says, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can go back. And she says, well, then what else are you going to do? And he says, well, the only thing I'm good at is inventing jokes. And she says, well, you've got the summer to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was always a team effort. And when I look in the mirror, I don't know who I'm seeing anymore. And oh, it's just George. so sad. And, uh, yeah. But I love what she says to him. You lived, you survived, and you're not honoring his memory by stopping. You know, you're the one that told me that I had to pick myself up and def- defiantly stare life right back in the face. So let's, now it's your turn. And so he says, okay, I, you know, Lee wants to help. And she says, well, he's hurting too, so you need to, you know. Yeah, misery loves company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know how she feels about going back to Hogwarts. And she says, I don't know. It's going to be really, really hard. I bet. And, you know, I don't know if my roommate survived. She's muggle-born and she was sent to to Azkaban. And just, and George is like, yeah, I want to go. I want to go to Umbridge's trial. And they're like, yeah, let's all go and have a party afterwards. Oh, boy. But, and she... You know, she said, I don't know what happened after I left. Mom and Dad wouldn't let me come, you know, after Luna got taken from the train, Mom and Dad wouldn't let me go back. And I felt like I was abandoning my friends at Hogwarts. Oh, poor Jenny. Mm-hmm. And, but they have this really nice talk. And she says, I wonder how Ron and Hermione are getting along. And George is like, oh, they're fighting. <laughs> they always fight. Oh. That's how they do it. Mm-hmm. And he says, if I taught my younger brother anything, he'd better at least try a few moves. And she's like, hey, you haven't taught me any moves. And he's like, go there, Ginny. Well, she's already, she had already had too many boyfriends that they that they liked anyhow. So, yeah. Or she could have said, did you teach him any Harry any moves? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, that would have been good. She goes back to the hospital and she wants to pick up the story where she's left, you know, where they left off. And Harry's like, I'm not sure about this because I'm afraid people, some, you know, the walls have ears. And she's like, well, you know, are you a wizard or what? Do my flato. (laughs) Oh, Harry. I guess I have to snuggle in bed with you so that we're close together so that, you know... The Muffliata spell encompasses us both. And they're like, yeah, okay. It's like, okay, I think I'm telling secrets to you now. Mm-hmm. Oy vey. Yeah. And he tells about going to Xenophilius's and what happened there. And then he talks about when Hermione got caught. You know, Ron was beside himself listening to her scream. He couldn't function. Somebody had to do it, so I had to be able to do it. And, you know, and he apologizes. And she's like, you have to stop apologizing for things you can't control. And he's like, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. 
And she tells him, I won't be left behind again. I won't be made to sit on the shelf. So don't, don't try to put me away. Don't try to protect me. And she wants to know how they got out of Malfoy Manor. And he says, Dobby rescued Dobby! 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 Dobby. Yeah. We all miss Dobby. Dobby did not mean to... How did it go? Dobby did not mean to... Dobby did not... Was not kill. Just maim. Ma- no, maim or seriously hurt. Okay. Seriously maim. Yeah. And, you know... <laughs> And we we had Hermione trying pretending to be Bellatrix, and and she almost blew the whole thing because she was somebody a good morning. <laughs> Jenny giggles. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Bellatrix <laughs> wouldn't have. Remember your bloody Bellatrix string, not some whatever something with her schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. And uh. it was like Bellatrix almost killed you, but she didn't. But she could have. I was under the invisibility cloak on my way to confort Voldemort, and I saw that, and I changed direction. But your mom got there first. And Ginny's like, you did? And he said, yep. Harry. Wait, did he didn't see that? No, because he was under the invisibility cloak. Yeah, she probably was. Oh, 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 that part of it. Okay, okay. I was like, wait, how did you not notice that Harry was... Okay. Yeah. And so she snogs him. <laughs> and now she wants him to tell how they got to Hogwarts. And they talk for a while and... Then he talks about Snape's memories in the pensive and that, you know, Snape knew his mom and Aunt Petunia and that every time he looked at Harry, he saw James, but also Lily and that he promised to protect him and all that kind of stuff. And she wants to know what other memories. And he said just that he was a spy. And I came downstairs and I saw everyone gathering the dead and I knew Voldemort was waiting for me and I had to go. And I saw Neville outside and told him to kill the snake. And then I went in the forest to meet him. But he doesn't tell her that he saw her. And he doesn't, you know. But, I mean, then, I mean, going into this, my, this is pretty, this is pretty, he, he skips of seeing his parents and stuff like that. But right now he's, he ends up having a a panic attack again. Mm Mm-hmm. But the thing is, considering what, I mean, he, he hasn't told her that he's, he's a horcrux and all this other stuff, he's opening up to her very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, there's a couple of things he's keeping from her, but for the most part, he is, and he's promised her that no more secrets. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying really hard, but he just can't bring himself to tell her that he was a horcrux because he just thinks that he's evil, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Harry. He's... He's got to go, you know, he's going to be sick. He comes out of this flashback and he runs to the bathroom and she rubs his back and gives him a flannel to wash his mouth. And I, uh, kudos to Melinda because she really does a good job of getting the Britishisms in here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love what, that she made him puke. So. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that, Trisha. We've got to puke. Yay! Gotta puke. That's how. That's what makes it a wonderful story. It is what makes it a wonderful story. Nice. And he tells her about uh, Draco's mom lying and saying that he was dead so that she could get to Draco. And then he falls asleep. And we move to the next chapter. Look, we've gone through two chapters in three hours. This is bad. 
It's only two hours, but there you go. An hour and we're, a half. We're averaging 20 minutes a chapter because we talked for an hour before we actually started the podcast. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So Tears chapter 11. Fear. Tears and fears. Oh, I, on. I, I always go. I keep singing that song. Do you? Shout, Sorry. <laughs> and poor Ron, he's having, you know, he's beating himself up because he talked to her about lavender and he should have just grabbed the bottle of wine and locked himself in the loo. And yeah, I think Ron needs the wine now. Yeah. And he's thinking about, you know, my first girlfriend's dead. That's weird. Oh, God, poor Ron. I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. Does lavender really die? Well, we don't know. Well, it depends. Uh, because in the movie, yes, it was definitive. But, the book, not so much. And Pottermore, she's the only one that it doesn't say. Really? Yep. On Pottermore, there was this huge discussion. Everybody else had either said lived or died. And Wait for up. Lavender, it didn't say anything or it was ambiguous or something like that. Well, that was back on the old Pottermore, so I don't know if it's still in the new Pottermore. Okay, okay. Or not, but yeah. I have a feeling it might be in some of the new mm. books that are coming out September 6th. Because I haven't pre-ordered those because I'm kind of waiting to see how people, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it's all stuff that we've already read. No, some of it's new. Okay. There was definitely something that said stuff was new, but... Um, That's good. But it's, yeah, a lot of it's going to be stuff that we... Yeah. Which I'm none too pleased about. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyhow, Harry, uh, not Harry, Ron and Hermione are getting ready to go find Hermione's parents. And she's, they're standing outside the door and she's just like, oh, okay, I gotta calm down, I gotta calm down. And he's like, are you calm enough to do the spell? You have to be calm for it to work. And she's like, you're not making this any easier, Ron. <laughs> and she knocks on the door and her father answers, and of course he doesn't recognize her, and he thinks that they're there for the job, because they've applied, they've put an ad in the paper for uh, a office worker and, and you know, a dental hygienist or whatever. And she's like, job? Yeah, yeah, that's it, we're here for the job. And then she pulls out her wand and restores his memory, and he's like, whoa, what happened? Hermione... You didn't think this through. I mean, really, there's no other way to do it, but you don't just, like, walk up to somebody in the middle of the day and be like, boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ron's like, um, how about if I make tea? That's what my mom always does. Let me go make tea. Yeah. And Mr. Granger's like, okay, this is weird. I have, like, two people in my head. I have my old life and my new life. And and why did you do this? And why didn't you tell us about this? And... Then we've got Mrs. Granger, and they've, you know, restored her memories, too. Which, I'm glad that in this universe, at least it was easy. Because I've read stories where she tries to restore their memories, and it doesn't work. And Yeah. And even though this is chaotic, and there are decisions that get made, at least they get their memories back without too much trouble. So, mm-hmm. I do appreciate that very much. Yeah. I don't- if I really like Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Granger in this one. I mean, I can think how, I mean, I understand they can be upset and all of this other stuff, but I'm just, but If um, Ulrich erased your mind and sent you to Australia because he was in danger, but he didn't want to leave with you, he just, 
he was going back out to fight, and you didn't know about it, and then he came back and gave you back your memories, and you're like, holy crap, you sent me away, and then you went back and fought without me knowing and being able to protect you? You'd be pretty pissed. Oh, I'd be pissed too, but to some of the stuff that they, I don't know. A bit, I, I don't know, I was so. totally on their side. Okay, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know if I was on their side. I can't say I wasn't, and I can't say I was. Okay. But the thing is, it seems to me, I mean, they always, I don't know, because I think because she's in such a different world, I do see a lot of, especially model families and stuff like that, kind of do growing apart because... Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, and that, I mean, I guess this is kind of, it's like they already have, they have, I mean, even she was their child, they almost had another life without her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm kind of thing. They kind of, like, moved on. I mean, mm-hmm. even prior to my ma- my brain doing things, because she was always at school, or she ended up going to the Weasleys for the summer, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much, they moved on. I guess, I guess I didn't understand it in the whole universe. It's like, okay, my son is going away. Yeah, yes, I, I do celebrate when my son goes away for a week or two weeks, but the thing is, I don't think I could handle, like, if he goes away for a month or so, mm-hmm. and not seeing him, or going to school and not having him around, and then going, oh, I'm going to go over to my friend's house for a month. I'm right. like, well, I haven't seen you. Right. Kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. And they've always done that. Yeah, the first couple of years, she spends the summer, and then she slowly starts sort of migrating over. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's on Hermione. Because mm-hmm. Hermione has a distance herself because she's a witch and it's a totally different culture and B, she hasn't been truthful with them. She never ever yeah. told them how much danger she was in. She yeah. never told them about... Well, then Dean never did either. Right. So, I mean, you can kind of see where this really blindsides them and she's like, you don't understand. They would have killed you. The Death Eaters would have killed you. You don't understand. And they're like, well, yeah, we don't understand because you never, ever explained this to us. We right. just think that you should have explained it to us, which makes total sense. I mean, I see mm-hmm. her side, too. Right. But I can totally see their side as well. So, yeah. And then, you know, she's like, well, I didn't go to school my seventh year. And your father's just like, what? You didn't go to school? Like, Are you my daughter? Are you feeling okay? And, you know, Hermione's just, she's so upset. Her parents are upset. The only one that's not real upset is Ron, and then when they start really coming down on her, then he gets upset, and he sticks up for her. Oh, yeah. A good, mature thing for Ron. I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah. He's he's up to the emotional range of a... Tablespoon. Half a cup. (laughs) I was going to say a quarter. Okay. A quarter of a cup. Yeah, and they're like, well, didn't you do anything for... Your family? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, well, they're wizards. They know how to defend themselves, kind of thing. I mean, it, it, it's not a great... Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a great excuse, but well, and, it's more than they can do. And if, mm-hmm. if any one of us, and I don't know your fathers at all, but this makes sense to me. If any one of us went to our fathers and said... I did this to protect you. Our fathers are going to go, but it's my job to protect you. Right. And you took that job away from me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, yeah. But on the other hand, they can't. Right. Yeah. You can't, like, shoot a Death Eater. 
Well, I mean, you could, but... If you had a gun, sure. If you had a gun, and they don't really do that in the UK. Nope. Or, you know, or even if they did, I think... I don't know enough about guns and things like that to say would it take less time to shoot a gun than to say a vada cadaver. It all depends. I mean, your accuracy... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it... yeah, it doesn't matter. And the thing is, I think this is where I kind of, I kind of lost everything. I mean, they're talking, they're going, what about their staff and their pa- and their patients and stuff like that? Well, they've probably yeah. gone to other things. Yeah. And, and, but I think it was like, what about my sister, your aunt and her chemotherapy? Is she all right? And it was just like, She's like, I don't know. I don't even think Hermione even knew. No, Hermione had no idea. No, her mother she had, had no idea. had a chance to tell her before Hermione memory charmed them. And so, mm-hmm. and it turns out that that she died. And that's mm-hmm. a real blow. And now the family is sort of holding it against them because they couldn't find them, you know? Yeah. They aren't died. And, they and the thing is, and how, how do you explain this? My daughter memory charmed charmed me and they don't they can't tell them about the wizards and stuff like that yeah that's what i mean that that, that's tough i mean in so many ways i was kind of a little upset i mean with mrs granger with this but i mean again i mean it's it's a two it's a double-edged sword yeah Mm -hmm. it's a a real two-way street it's and you know Kudos again to Melinda for, I mean, we've spent several minutes talking about this and, and all of us are like, well, but, oh, well, yeah, I can kind of see that point too, but what about, you know, we both yeah. can see both sides of the story. That's, mm-hmm. that's really well, well done. So, and, and then we have Harry who's going to number 12 Grimwald Place. Number 13 Grindelwald Place. Mm-hmm. And so he's out of the hospital, and he's thinking about because you know Harry, he's got he's thinking, oh man, I'm a burden, and I am bringing danger upon my family. Oh, and so I hate emo. I, I hate have to get out Harry. of there. And he's like, oh, I'll just get a flat. And then he's like, wait a minute, I have a house. That's a good idea. I'll go to my house. And so Bill's there checking for traps, and he's just arrived. And Harry kind of goes down to the kitchen, and and I love Bill. Bill yells up and goes, or yells down, because I think the kitchen's downstairs. Harry, don't touch anything. There's traps everywhere. And Harry's like, okay, I won't touch anything. Heads up the stairs, and the first thing he does is touch the banister. (laughs) Which every single one of us would do. Because it's such a natural thing to reach out and touch the banister when you're walking up the stairs. Yeah, but the point of it was, don't even move, as I think what the point was. Yeah, well, that's not how Harry took it. Harry's like, oh, wait, let me come up and see. And, and it, you know, it's an ingrained thing. I walk into the bathroom at work, and whether or not the light is on in that bathroom, I reach to turn the light on, because normally it's off. And yeah. so it's completely an ingrained habit to turn that light on. Oh, it's like when you're driving a car, where your stick shift is on different cars. Like, mine's over over to the right side down. Well, I mean, I'm driving someone else's car. I'm still going over to the right side and down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, what Bill should have said is don't move, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Well, 
as he's climbing the stairs and he reaches out to grasp the banister. The wood splinters and wraps around his wrist, holding it in place, and it's squeezing it harder and harder. And he's like, help! (laughs) And Mr. Weasley goes to use magic on it, and Bill's like, no, that'll make it worse. And so, and Harry's just like, get it off, get it off. Cut it off, I don't care. Relax, this is Devil's Snare. Oh, now I can relax. (laughs) And he's starting to panic. And he decides to use his occlumency skills, which kudos to Harry here. He actually has some occlumency skills. And I know I take it in so long. Yeah. Okay, I didn't get that part. What do you mean you didn't get the part? How did using occlumency get him to calm down? Well, because occlumency is supposed to be clear. Yeah, you're supposed to clear oh. your mind. It's 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 okay, really, okay. occlumency to me is meditation. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Ah. And he just meditated. He just calmed down, lowered his heart rate, slowed his breathing down, and just re- kind of just kind of like relaxed everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, how did you get it off of me? And they're like, didn't you notice? He's like, no, I was sort of doing occlumency, and I wasn't paying attention to any of you. And Mr. Weasley was like, hey, nice job. Or Bill was like, hey, that worked really well. Good job. And then I could do it an easier job. And then Mr. Weasley says, okay, we're going to leave now until Kingsley can send a crew in here to take care of this place. Okay. And his accounts at Gringotts has read open. Yay! Yay. They can buy some damn clothes. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we move to Ginny, who's exhausted. Well, and I love him. What does he do? Does he go buy clothes? No. No. He goes out and basically buys... I mean, it's the equivalent of going and buying a bunch of purple lollipops, right? Mm -hmm. She likes the purple quills, the sugar quills. Mm -hmm. And they always come in assorted boxes, and she always eats the purple ones first and then pouts. And so he has pulled strings and done his, I'm Harry Potter, and gotten a box of purple sugar quills. And she is just, you know, grape-flavored. Sorry, that's purple to me. Um, Yeah. And she's just tickled, and she's even more tickled that he actually pulled out the Harry Potter card and played it. And he's like, "What?" She's like, "What's it going to cost?" And he says, "I think of something." And she starts to lean in, like she's going to kiss him, and then she grabs the box and runs. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, wait a minute!" So, but yeah, that's the first thing he does. He goes out and buys her something. He's sweet on her. Thanks, Nicey. Okay, people, that is romantic. You do something like that. It's not over like, oh, I'm going to stand on top of the mountain and go, I love you, I love you. No, something <laughs> This is romantic. Yes. But, of course, she sees that his arm's all bruised, and she's like, Harry, you just got out of the hospital. How did you get hurt again? He's like, um, well, easily. I stopped at the grandma's place, and there was this curse, and it got me, and your mom's supposed to fix it for me. And she's just like, oh, Harry. <laughs> Wait. Harry can't even fix a bruise. Why is he always covered in blood? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, he didn't have any ditany or whatever it is. And George, he he doesn't need to go to Molly. He needs to go to George because George always has some sort of good, all right, just give the kids some Arnica. Yeah. That's what we need. We just need the Arnica. And he's also found out that, well, I don't think this is really here. 
And he tells her that he's looking at Grim Old Place because he's going to move there. And she's like, but I don't want you to leave. This is your home now. And he's like, yeah, but I need a place of my own because I don't want anybody else to get hurt. She's like, oh. <laughs> oh, Harry. Well, that, living with the Weasleys just must be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, you know, you're living with your girlfriend. Yeah, but under her parents' roof, okay? Yeah, like that's true. Yeah, you're not going to get very far. No. No. And she says, I'm afraid of you being alone. And he says, well, I'm going to ask Ron. She said, all right. But everyone's leaving. George is going back to the shop. Hermione's going to go with her parents. Now you and Ron and Fred. (laughs) Yeah. And Harry, again, with the romantic, just holds her and lets her cry. There was a time in the not-too-distant past that he would have freaked out if she had cried. Yeah. And now he just holds her. And we move on to chapter 12. How are you doing, Trisha? Are you going to leave us, or are you good? I think I'm going to leave us. Yeah. Leave here. I figured you were. How far were we going? We were going to 14. 14. Okay. Yeah. But I think we'll be able to get through it pretty quick. Okay. But thank you much, Lee. Thank <laughs> you. Excuse me. Poor Trisha. I've, been, I've been holding that in for a while. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good week, and we'll talk to you on Monday again. Yep. See ya. Bye-bye. Next week. Bye-bye. All right. Chapter 12. Yep. We're back in Australia. Yep. And Ron and Hermione are going back and forth from the hotel to Hermione's parents' house. There's tension, but they're working things out. And this is where we find out that Aunt Sarah had passed away. Mm-hmm. And that just made things all, but you know, and Ron's being patient, and mm-hmm. Hermione's like, Ooh. finally, Ron is maturing, yay! But she really wants to go home too, and the phone rings, and it's her parents, and they want her to come over, and and I love this. She hasn't told her parents that she and Ron are sharing a room, so. Mm-hmm. The deal is, if the phone rings, only she can answer it because she doesn't want her parents to know that they're sharing a room, mm. even though they're both legal. Because, yeah. you know, why invite this trouble? Oh, jeez. And so her mom has asked them to come. And she's like, yay, we can go home. And Ron's like, yeah, we'll be home in time for supper. And she's like, oh, yeah, just, airplanes are no. fast. <laughs> it's a 12 12- you know, it's, it might even be longer than that. It's a it's a long trip between well, well I don't know about London, but it's a long trip. Thirty hours here and, from here to yeah, yeah to Australia. Yeah, you you'll be in time for dinner tomorrow yesterday. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow or whatever. Whichever way. Yeah, I don't remember if you gain or lose days going which way. I can never remember either. So. They get to their her parents' house and her parents have tea and she's like, "Oh crap, this isn't good." Because every time that my parents want to talk to me about something that they're not happy about, they have this tea set up. She's like, crap. Yeah. And and Ron, who has no idea about this, is like, so are you ready to go home? And they're like, no, we're not gonna. Ron really hasn't cottoned on to things. He's growing up, but he's not astute, is he? No, he's not astute. And so they've decided that... Their practice in the UK has fallen to the wayside. They left Mm -hmm. abruptly, and so their employees were left high and dry, their patients were left high and dry, and there's some really hard feelings there, which you can't blame them for that. 
No. And they would have to... I mean, how the heck would they have explained this in in canon? I wonder how Joe figured all that out. Because, like, did they just up and leave? Or did they, like, take care of business? And then, I don't even... Yeah, well, Hermione says that she she told somebody that there was an emergency and that they would be gone indefinitely. And so... And they've been they've spent the last year building up a client base and and building up their basically credentials in Australia. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking they're not going to go home. They're going to stay. Um, yeah, I was not at all surprised. No, and they tell Hermione she can stay, and Ron's like, "Oh dear," and Hermione says, "I can't. I have. I'm going back to school. I have to go talk to the minister." I, you know, I'm going to be involved in all these trials. I can't. I have to go back. And her mom's like, but you'll come for holidays, right? Before you go back to work, it'll be just kind of like you're at school again. And she's like, I guess. No, it won't because she hardly saw them while she was at school. Yeah, well, holidays and stuff. So She didn't go home. Half the time she was like, time she I'm going to Ron's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of sad. Oh. And, you know, the minister is waiting trials for me. We have to go back, and we need to go back pretty quick. But mm-hmm. I'll come back before summer's over. And they give her a big hug, and Ron, Hermione says, okay, let's get our stuff and let's go home. <sighs> Honestly, she should have expected that. Yeah, she should have. She really should have. But she wasn't thinking either. Neither she or no, Ron were this- thinking. No, this is why it pays to be a pessimist. <laughs> and then we have Harry, who's hiding out in the atrium at the ministry. As one does. Because everybody's going, but, you know, he's trying to keep away from the reporters and everybody else that recognizes him. And he's thinking about Ginny and, you know, what he's going to do with Ginny. And he really needs somebody to talk to, but the only person that he could really talk to would have been Mr. Weasley, and he can't talk to Mr. Weasley about his own daughter. No. So he is up a creek, and he really needs serious. But that's no, not going to happen poor kid. No. But he goes up to the minister's office, and the minister wants to know if he's completely healed. And he says, yeah, the Weasleys wouldn't have let me come back if it weren't, if I wasn't healed. And he wants to know if there was any news on Dugan McCulty, who was the Death Eater that they were looking for. What a name. I know. Dugan. I like Dugan, though. That's kind of a fun. So, at Head Start, we have a toothbrushing video. Okay. It's this smiley lady that sings with the guitar, and she's all upbeat and everything. And okay. there's Dr. Rabbit, who's the dentist, and then Dugan, okay. who gets his teeth brushed. So okay. I'm familiar with Dugan. He's a yellow dog-like figure. Okay. Probably not the same as this Death Eater, but that's what I think of when I think of Dugan. <laughs> and Dr. Rabbit. Who's purple, by the way? A purple dentist bunny purple. rabbit. Okay. This is getting more and more interesting. <laughs> and we're going down rabbit holes again, so... No pun intended. No pun intended. Harry wants to know what they found at Grimmauld Place, and it's, like, full of traps. Oh, yes. They didn't... Oh. We're gonna have Did to, nobody think about this? The team sweep it, and then they're going to sweep it again. And most of them, you know, were designed to hold her and capacitate you because Voldemort really wanted you alive. Like the snake. And you're going to have to be careful 
because we may not get them all. And Harry's like, I'll be careful. And they're like, yeah, no, you won't. Uh, uh-huh. No, you won't. And we talk about Mrs. Black's portrait, which is well and truly stuck. And he's like, I've been thinking about this, and I think we should just build another wall in front of her. Kingsley's like, that's a good idea. Nobody thought of this. I love that. I know. I, I think that's great. And we find out that Arthur's been promoted to the head of International Magical Cooperation, which is cool. I love that. Yay! Mm-hmm. And we have uh, Gawain, who's the head of the Aurors, who's going to come down. He's got questions about Malfoy Manor. And they have a snatcher mm-hmm. that they think might be the snatcher that caught him. And so... Oh, that snatcher in the movie is... Mm. Oh, he was creepy. Oh, my God. He was, he was very creepy. So we... <laughs> We have Mr. Gawain coming in. He's an older, graying-haired individual. And about the first thing he says is, So, I hear you're a seeker. Yes, sir. Good. We need a new seeker on our team. Team, sir? (laughs) Well, yeah, we've got an interdepartmental Quidditch League. Don't you know Of course they do. No. And the Warrior Division's in need of a seeker. He's like, hey, Ron's good, too. Well, first of all, he's like, how come Ron didn't tell me this? And It's probably because Ron has no clue. And we find out that the head of the Quidditch League, that's not the right word, but anyhow, is probably a Death Eater, and he there's lifelong bands and things like that. That uh, that, that amused me greatly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, ah, the Commissioner. There we go. Mm. The Quidditch Commissioner. Yes. Thank you, Melinda. That was, that was a fun little twist in there. Well, there was all kinds of stuff about how Ludo Bagman might be a Death Eater, so mm-hmm. that was probably a homage to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and Greyback has been apprehended, and he's, like, going to be the first one that's on the docket. And Yay! Well, he turned Remus, and I can give you lots of uh, memories. And they're like, yeah, well, it doesn't work because Remus isn't there. And he's like, well, he wasn't Malfoy Manor. With Bellatrix and the Malfoys. Okay, that's good. And then we find out that... He, and then Harry shares about how he was brought into the school the night, the night that Dumbledore died. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. Okay, this is, this is going to do it. This is going to give us enough information to get him prisoned, killed, whatever it is that they're trying to do with him. Mm-hmm. And then they head down to look at the Snatcher. I wonder how they would kill a werewolf if the silver thing actually works in canon. I don't know. So, talking of rabbit holes, I saw a whole article last night on werecats. And apparently, some cats have this weird genetic mutation that makes them more like dogs. So they have a coloring. Their, Their fur coloring is unusual and not in any way, um, like what a normal cat's coloring would be. It's got this weird genetic mutation in it. And okay. if you get three or four of these cats together, they play together like a pack of dogs, not like cats. And okay. so they're calling them wear cats. And they're like, there's been all these spontaneous, and, and it's not just happening in one place. It's like this spontaneous thing that's happening all over the world. It was really weird. I mean, I, I didn't like okay. read it. Can you send me this article? Because that sounds absolutely fascinating. Um, I don't know. Let's see if I can look it up. Where? Let's spell that right. Werewolf cat. Yeah, here we go. 
we were talking about werewolves and werecats kind of go with it. See, we're not really off topic. We're just no, we're not slightly off base we're on a tangent. Yeah. So going back to the thick, Ginny is peeling vegetables and thinking about Harry and things that have been going As one on. One does her argument with Harry about him moving into Grimmauld Place, and she's peeling the heck out of these vegetables. Oh, the poor vegetables. What did they do to you? To the point that her mother says, leave some for supper, dear. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> and we find out that George is taking a witch out to eat. We don't know who she is, but somebody. Mom's like, oh, that's good. He's getting back together with some friends. And Ginny's like, I don't think he's going out with the same witch twice. I think he's just, uh, what was it that, that Trisha called her boyfriend? A pig? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they talk moves to Harry and the trials. And she says, well, you, you know, Molly's like, you and Harry seem to be getting along okay. And she's like, yeah, I'm trying to get him open up, but he doesn't want to. And should I press him? And Molly says, normally I would say yes, but not with him. No. And then dad comes home. At least somebody Molly sees sense for once. Mm -hmm. He calls her ginger bear, which I like. And she's like, where's Harry? Oh, I don't know. They're discussing the minister and Harry's discussing Greyback's trial. So it might be a while. And, of course, Molly's all upset because the children, all of the children have seen way too much war. And Percy and Charlie show up. They've been to the shop. And Molly's got a big old pot of stew and they're having a nice dinner. And then Hermione and Ron stumble in. They did make it in time for dinner. They did. And Ron's and Hermione's just like, I'm going up to bed. I don't want to answer questions. Yeah. So Ron has to explain what happened. And Molly says, why don't you, the rest, you know, Ginny and Ron and Hermione, and Ginny, Ron and Harry go up and and talk to her because she'll need somebody. Mm. Yeah. Poor Hermione. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they understood, but they're mad at me because I memory charmed them. And, you know, yeah, they're going to be mad at you. That's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. So they talk about George opening up the shop and Ginny's been catching up on her studies. And Harry says he's fine. And Ron says, with all due respect. With all due respect, you're never fine. Yeah. Oh. And... And Harry and Ginny share a significant look, which triggers Hermione to, something happened? And so then they have to tell him about the attack on the burrow, at which point Ron goes ballistic because he left Harry for five minutes, and look what happened. Uh, it would have happened even if he were there, Ron, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't have been able to do anything. Yeah. And then Harry says, and I went to Grimmauld Place because I'm going to have to move out. And Harry's like, Ron's like, you can't move out. And Harry's like, well, I thought you'd come with me. Oh, okay, yeah, you can move out then. (laughs) (laughs) And Hermione, you can have a bedroom. And Ginny's like, and I can have a bedroom. And he's like, oh, yeah, you. Yeah, you can have a bedroom, too. Everybody gets a bedroom. Yeah. But we also find out that the Death Eaters have left traps. And Of course they have, guys. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Ron slugs him. Well, actually, Ron Gibbs slaps Harry. And he's like, hey, what's that for? And Ron's like, I left you for five minutes and you got hurt. And Harry's like, yeah, I did that just to irritate you, you know. Yeah. But it's good to have them home. And then we move to chapter 13, which is setbacks. Mm-hmm. 
So we have several days passing quietly. George is spending more and more time at his shop. Poor Hermione. And, yeah, Hermione's quiet. Ron's trying to be at the ministry and at the shop. Percy and Charlie are helping. I love that Percy's doing the books. I think that's great. Um, He'd be good at it, I'm sure. mm Mm-hmm. And then they get up, they're having breakfast, it's crowded, and Molly's not there. And they're just like, where's mom? And she went to visit Andromeda, which is good. I think that's a great thing for Molly. Yeah. Because Andromeda and she will have a lot in common, and they'll be able to help each other. Mm -hmm. And George comes in, because he's been out all night. Getting scandalized. Yeah. You know. We're worried off you, and, and he's like, sawed off, Jenny. And you know, he could he could make things easy if he just said, "I spent the night at my sh- in my flat," but he doesn't yeah. say that. And so there's things going on, and Percy's like, "Where have you been?" And basically, not he, you too. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells Percy that Percy should have died instead of Fred. I was which, surprised that it didn't come up earlier. Mm-hmm. Which they've all thought. Uh, we I'm sure. all thought. Right? Yeah. How many of We're us horrible said people. it should have been Percy and not Fred? Yeah. But what a terrible thing. And I know. Understandably, I know. Percy's upset and understandably, George is upset that he said it. And Ron's like, well, I thought the same thing. I would never say it, but I thought it, so I can't get mad either. And... Percy knows, which actually, um, one of the fix that we're doing this season actually uh-huh. has to do with this, which is going to be kind of cool. Where, oh, is this the one where George goes back in time? No, where Percy, um... No, oh, Percy does the thing. Yeah. That's what, okay, okay. Oops. I get getting me confused. No, but this totally reminds me of Cursed Child when Harry tells Albus, mm-hmm. I sometimes wish you weren't my son, too, and I'm just like, oh, Harry. Yeah. Oh. So once again, here we have Melinda foreshadowing canon, just like she did with the seventh, yeah. or the cr- seventh Horcrux. Yeah. Go, Melinda. I know. Yeah. And, you know, everybody at the table is just, like, in shock. And so it kind of starts a bad day for everybody. Yeah. You think? <laughs> so then we have Harry, who's at Grimmauld Place because it's finally been cleared. And he's sitting on this god-awful couch that's just all dust and waiting for Ron to come over because Ron's supposed to come over when he gets done at the ministry. And he falls asleep on the couch because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what... And he, he wakes up to this scratching sound at the door and he thinks it's Ron and he goes to the door and he opens it and nobody's there. And then George is laying on the stoop. And, hi, Harry! <laughs> <laughs> George is George is soused. There you go. I was gonna say snookered, but yeah. <laughs> so George and Harry sit down on the couch and they start drinking together because George of course, has a bottle of, of fire whiskey, and you know they're toasting Fred and they're toasting Remus and they have to toast Remus twice because Remus is the best Defense Against Dark Arts teacher they ever had. Yeah. And finally, after a really long time, Ron shows up, and he's feeling bad because he, you know, was late. Actually, George and Harry talk a little bit about Fred and Percy. Yeah. And, 
George says, I wish I'd told him he was the best twin I ever had. And Harry said, he was the best twin I ever had, too. <laughs> Wait a minute. That doesn't I sound right. But he was. <laughs> and here comes Ron. And he walks in. And they're singing the school song. Yeah. What is going on? And Harry's like, hey, Ron, look, George came to call. I was I like, oh my god, that. what happened? <laughs> you want some whiskey? <laughs> You've had enough. <laughs> it's about time Harry got soused. Yes. He deserved it. It totally is. And so Ron, because we have this new and mature Ron, he's like, I can't deal with this myself. And he sends a Patronus to Hermione in. And Jenny says, help! Oh, boy. Just help. And, you know, he says... George, you already soused before you got here, and now Harry's more soused than you. How did this happen? And he's like, well... Because Harry's a lightweight. He doesn't ever drink. I've been... <laughs> Harry dumps fire whiskey all over himself and thinks he peed his pants. <laughs> and they just think that's hilarious. And they're like, let's go play Quidditch! Like, oh, God. No, absolutely not. So... <clears throat> Okay, somehow that is going in my thick drunk Quidditch. Drunk Quidditch. Well, drunk we are, Quidditch we is going in my thick. Drunk in D&D the other day, so I guess drunk Quidditch is a good way to do it. Uh, <laughs> drunk Quidditch, I love it. So, Except that I'm not quite sure how to write drunk anything. No, well, you have to get drunk and try it out. Well, no, the problem I is... I don't recommend it. I don't do it like a normal drunk. I just get a really bad headache. My heart rate goes up. My head starts pounding. My brain and my mouth don't work together. Mm-hmm. And then about half an hour later, I pee it out and I'm fine. Like, my metabolism is really quick, but I can't handle booze. Mm-hmm. So I don't get to enjoy it. It's very sad. <laughs> Aww. Well, I've never been drunk. No matter what they say about that last podcast I was on, I really wasn't. So I don't really know. But um, they decide that they're going to take... Harry to George's flat because they can't sneak him in the house because Molly will have an absolute cow. And so Ron volunteers to stay with them. Hey, I don't think Molly deserves to have an absolute cow about this. They didn't do anything stupid. No, they were... They didn't go anywhere. They didn't go play Quidditch on their brooms drunk, so that's good. No, they didn't go play Quidditch. They didn't go out. They deserve it, Mm -hmm. given what they've all been through. Yeah. I don't think Molly deserves to chew them out. No, but they don't know that. So they get him home and get him to bed and... Make him drink a lot. Water, yeah. that is. And Hermione's smart. She puts uh, a bucket next to Harry's bed because she knows he's going to puke. And, you know, they figure out that George was probably upset about what happened with about Percy in the morning. And Ginny's mm-hmm. like, what were they talking about, Lupin? And... Yeah, they were toasting him and stuff like that. So Ginny and Hermione go back to the burrow. Ron stays at the flat. And Ginny wants to stay, but Ron says, no, no, no. Oh, come now. And we... (laughs) And, of course, the author's note here is the Quidditch Commissioner reference. Because, uh, for those of you who don't know, although I don't know how you could not know... Melinda is a huge Pats fan. Patriot, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this was about okay. the time that uh, Inflate Gate, would that be, is that what it was called? I'm not a fan. I don't know, fan, but so yeah, I don't, know. I don't either. 
So but I, I think I think it was Deflate Gate. I don't know. Yeah, something to do with the football and mm-hmm. too much or too little air. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. So anyhow, the Quidditch commissioner is not going to the Dementors. Instead, he's going to have to share a cell with Umbridge. <laughs> Go, Melinda. Okay. So why is it the New England Patriots? I don't know. Melinda, help us out here. Because they're in New England, isn't it? I know, but like, 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 you know, in the Midwest, like Wisconsin has its own football team, and Minnesota has its own football team. God only knows what Iowa has. Um, I don't know enough about football. I don't either. I, I don't follow football, so I don't know. No, I don't either. But anyway. No, but speaking of the author's note, no, the, the thing about Harry talking with Lupin, I'd never really thought about Ron and Hermione's reactions. Mm-hmm. Reading it is a... God knows how old I was then. Um, you know, and all of book seven was basically Ron and Hermione, like, taking everything for granted that Harry never had. Mm-hmm. And never really realizing it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's just, oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Harry. And we move to the last chapter that we're doing, Unraveled. Mm-hmm. And we have a warning on this. Strong language ahead. And we have this chapter just oh my god. Harry. Oh this chapter was just oh the basically basically Melinda it's, it's is loving memory. Harry it's, a lot it's poor in this Harry, chapter. Poor Harry. Yes. Poor Harry. Melinda's loving Harry a lot in this chapter. Oh so he wakes, but he needed it. He needed it. He wakes up and he's like, uh what's going on? It's really bright. There's hippogriffs pounding in his head. What, what happened? I do. George showed up. Oh my god, I'm going to be sick. I don't know where I am. And instead of puking in the bucket that Hermione so thoughtfully left for him, he races through and finds the loo and pukes up everything in his stomach. Well, and at least only he to find that Ron uh, patting and rubbing his back and saying, How's it going? <laughs> I'm sure that, that George has some sort of potion for this. I'm sure. Like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to curse him. I'm going to crucio him. No, no. And here comes George with the potion. And it's this terrible green color. But he downs it and then starts to feel more human. It couldn't be any worse than goblin piss. That's true. And Ron's like, you guys ready for breakfast? <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> but I'll have coffee. And Ron wants to know how they ended up on the floor last night. Harry's like, uh, I don't know. Well, we started by toasting Fred and then we just toasted everybody. You know, don't blame me. I didn't lift the glass for you. You did it all yourself, you chosen drunk. Ron snorts. That was hysterical. And then Mr. Weasley shows up and has a come-to-Jesus meeting with with George. (laughs) That, okay, this drinking's getting a little out of hand. It's okay every once in a while, but this Harry's like, I'm never drinking again, sir. Don't worry about me. Not going to do this anymore. (laughs) That's how I learned not to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he tells him that the girls are at Hermione's house and that he could take another Hermione's got a house? Well, her parents' house because she's, oh. she's closing it down to sell. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so, but Harry's going to go back and have a little bit more of a nap before they go over there. Hmm. And then we have Hermione and Ginny at the Granger house. They'd spent most of the day yesterday cleaning out things and they're just packing it and shrinking it and putting it in Hermione's magic purse. I love that. They're using that to pack the whole house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're talking about Harry. He should know better than to let himself get inebriated. Well, you sound like hair. Percy. I do not. Do I? Yeah, yes. you do. 
I couldn't figure out who Pig was. Oh, and I was just should. like, what? And it, it took me a couple minutes. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about Small Fluttery Owl. Small Fluttery Owl. Because yep. we don't hear about him in Book 7, do we? I don't think we do. Probably not. And, you know. And so Hermione is telling Ginny how Harry used to watch his dot. Her dot. Harry used to watch yeah. her dot. And, you know, oh. he tried to hide it, but they knew he was doing it. And yeah. Stuff. And then they asked, she asked about how Hogwarts was. And then. You need to ask. Mm-hmm. There's. And, you know, then Harry and Ron show up. We're upstairs. And they kind of split up so that Ron and Hermione are doing one room and Ginny and Harry are supposedly doing another room. <laughs> Hermione goes down to check on him. They're snogging. And she's like, ahem. Ahem. Oi, there's a war going on here. <laughs> so We're I'm sitting exactly. in a room that's completely dark except for my computer screen. Yeah. But there's something warm next to my foot. And I'm yeah. sure it's probably a kitten, but I have no oh. idea which one. Oh. It's probably Jack. Jack loves to be by my feet. He's so cute. I step oh. on him constantly because he just want, he doesn't want to be held. He just wants to be laying by my feet. There are times like that that I want a cat, but I don't want to have to deal with taking care of one. Mm-hmm. And I don't much like cats. Aw. So, they, Harry and Ron go upstairs, and Ron's like, yeah, yeah he's feeling better, but he puked all over the place. It was kind of funny. Harry's like, yeah. And so, yeah, then that's when they split up, and they're caught snogging. Mm. They go upstairs, and Hermione's looking at the pictures on the wall. And Ginny wants to know... Are they still altered? Did they just change them back, or are they still... I don't know. It doesn't say. I don't think it says. Mm. And Ginny's like, so what name are they going to use? Are they going to go back to their old name, or are they going to use their new name? And Hermione's like, I don't know. I didn't ask him. And then Harry stumbles out and falls to his knees, and he's having another panic attack, another flashback attack. Mm -hmm. Poor kid. Yeah. And so... And again... Here we are with Melinda foreshadowing because this mm-hmm. was written well before Chris Child came out. And yet we have this line and it says, look, you've had a rough enough day as it is. Hermione says gently to Harry, why don't we go back to the burrow and just have a quiet afternoon and I can finish up tomorrow. And Ginny says, perhaps a nice game of exploding snap. And that's how in Cursed Child, Harry helped Ginny get over her first year. And that's like Melinda's favorite part, one of Melinda's favorite parts of The Cursed Child. And here it is that she's written it in this story before it ever, uh, ever happens. I don't know how playing Exploding Snaps helps, but to each his own. Well, it's just because they were spending time together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so then we you have... You know, Joe never really talked about that. Like how Ginny dealt with anything or anybody dealt with anything because seriously, everybody needs therapy. Right. No, she never did. And I know it's not a British thing, but everybody needs therapy. This lot is just... <laughs> this lot needs therapy. Did you <laughs> think therapy. So, the one thing that we sort of glossed over was that Kingsley told Harry that the Dursley's house had been gone through for traps and sort of cleaned up and repaired. Yeah. And yeah. was ready for the Dursleys to come back. And Harry said, well, I need to go check it because I got to make sure that it's... You know, up to Aunt Petunia's standards. And so, uh, that's not going to happen, dear. So we have Ginny and Harry at 
the Dursley's house. Oh god, this scene. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Harry's, you know, kind of pensive and he's looking around and he's looking for threats and he's on constant guard. Mrs. Fig's been pleasant and wants them to stay for some tea, but no, but the cat's following them, which I love. <laughs> and the, you know, house looks pretty well, pretty good. The ministry cleanup team even did some work outdoors and Harry's like, and Petunia's not going to be happy. And she's like, why not? Well, there's too many weeds. Well, they've been gone a year. She can't expect it to be immaculate. Yeah, she will. Yeah, she will. (laughs) And then, you know, Kingsley left the door unlocked, but we'll have to lock it before we go because Aunt Petunia will have her keys. And Ginny's like, well, don't you have a key? No. And Ginny's like getting this little inkling that all may not have been good. (laughs) Privet dry. It it took her this long to figure it out. Mm. Did she did she miss Franz? But they had bars on his, his window, windows, Mom. Mom. Well, she might not have been there for that. So she's like, oh, "Look, yeah. the ministry did a really good job cleaning." And, and Harry's like, "No, this is like it always is." <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you know, he walks by the door that has all these little locks and deadbolts and this little odd opening at the bottom, and he checks the other four rooms up on the landing, and. You know, he's just, he's just getting madder and madder. And she doesn't really know this, but he's just, and she's like, she knows that he wasn't happy Mm -hmm. and everything. And and she indicates his room. He starts heading downstairs and he hasn't checked that one room. And she's like, aren't you going to check this one? And he's like, no, that was my room and I don't care. And so she kind of peeks inside and she sees all these broken toys and, She's like, well, that's weird. How come he's got all these broken toys? Well, maybe he's like my dad and he likes to tinker. No, no, honey. She sees this Gryffindor rosette that she takes for him. And then she hears... Wouldn't there have been a whole pile of books, his school books? I think he took stuff with him and threw stuff out. Stuff went in the garbage and stuff like that. I don't think he... No, the the books... No, I think he left the books because he was like, I don't care what happens to these. I'm going to leave them. I'm you can throw them out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Melinda, we're nitpicking. <laughs> as long as it's not about the boat, Melinda will be fine. So, and all of a sudden, she hears this loud bang, and this bang. glass is shattering, and she looks around, oh. and Harry's swearing, and he's chucking everything within reach at this broken, now broken door of a cupboard under the stairs. And Ginny has no idea what's going on, but Harry is, like, on this full-on rampage. Oh, and she's shit. trying to get him to stop, and he just buckles to the ground. And she, you know, he's like, I, I'm back to crying in the cupboard again. Better not let the Dursleys see or they use it against me. And she's like, is this where you used to hide? He's like, no, this was my cupboard. I lived in this cupboard for ten years. Ten fucking years. Oh, and Ginny stops and looks. They used to call me a freak. You're not a freak, Harry. I am. They were right. They were right all along, and I never knew. I never knew. But they knew. They knew I was a freak. And she's like, you're not a freak. They never should have said that to you. Terrible things have happened to you, but that makes you a survivor, not a freak. And he's like, you don't know the whole story. I left out that bit. I left it out when I told Kingsley, too. I didn't want it to be true. And he tells her about this seventh Horcrux. Yeah. How he was the seventh Horcrux. Uh. And 
he finally tells her the end of the story. Oh, God. And now she's, you know, just... Poor Harry. Poor Ginny. inside for him. Yeah. He lived inside me since I was a year old. I don't even know what part of me is holding me. I can't stand it. I'm tainted. And she's like, you know, he couldn't stand to be inside you. You were filled with so much love. Remember? Yeah. And no, you know, the locket affected us and people died. And just on and on and Ooh. on. That's my truck. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, anyone who died to, for you died because they loved you. It was love, Harry, which is much bigger than hate. I would die for you in an instant if it came to it. It has nothing to do with it. And he's like, don't say that. I don't want anybody else to die. And she says, he fled from your mind in the ministry. You beat him. Don't let him win now. Don't let him control you. And he starts to starts to listen to her, and he's starting to cry a little less. And he's like, I don't know how to get rid of it. I feel so, so, so. And she says, violated? Because that's exactly how she felt after the chamber. Yeah. And, you know. See, the two of them should have talked this out mm-hmm. ages ago. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did in book five, six, but. Yeah. And just, you know, it's just this. Oh, poor, poor kids. And, you know, now the dam is broken, and now the healing can start to begin. Mm-hmm. And Ron and Hermione are there in the doorway. It's dark outside, and they've heard the end of it, and they're just both grief-stricken. Ugh. But they all love Harry, and they're going to help him heal. And now they just need to get him back to the flat. Oh, poor Harry. Mm-hmm. As he cries out. Yeah, and that's where we're ending Ugh. with Harry crying on the floor of the cupboard. Oh, poor kid! But like I said, at least it's the ice is broken, and now yeah, maybe we'll have healing. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, you know, speaking of the seventh horcrux, uh-huh. and I mean that in the literal sense, not the fit. Mm-hmm. Harry wasn't the seventh horcrux. Just the scar? No, I mean, he wasn't number seven. He couldn't have been, because... He was six, and Nagini was seven. Is that what you mean? Right, mean? right. Yeah. But he was the seventh one that they knew about. So I kind of see where they come with oh, that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Harry. Well, I am so glad that Melinda wrote this story. Me, too. And that... You know, it's a great healing story. And, and yeah, we haven't got to the healing part yet, but it'll come. Well, it likes this this stuff. Yeah. Um. So, you know, Melinda's big thing is the aftermath. And that's what this story is. This story is the aftermath of everything. And we haven't got to the aftermathy part yet. We're still in the. Melinda loves Harry, so she's going to hurt him part of the story. Uh, <laughs> but it will poor, come. Poor Harry. It will come. Build it and they will come. Yeah. And it's going to be. And he's finally at least shared with her the part that he didn't want to share. And, yeah. And this has got to be cathartic for him. I mean, not at the moment. I'm sure. No. But chucking everything. And I love, and, and I'm sure this is in the next chapter, which we're not doing, but they basically yeah. just leave everything. For the Dursleys to find when they show up. Oh, I didn't remember that part. I, I'm pretty sure. I haven't read um, on, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Well, no, because it says the mess on the floor could stay. Ginny wasn't about to do anything for Harry's Aunt Petunia. She could start cleaning up her mm-hmm. own messes. Well, that's that's right. She rocked. Now I'm trying to remember what would have been within arm's reach of the cupboard because all I'm imagining is like pictures was, on the wall. Yeah, that's what he was throwing was the pictures on the wall and, and, oh, okay. and things like that. Okay. Yeah. Lots of Dudley pictures just got smashed. <laughs> but that's okay, because yeah. sometimes Dudley pictures need to get smashed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah! I can't wait for next time. Next time's part yeah. of my favorite my favorite chapters, I think. Like I said, I haven't read ahead, but I think that's yeah. what's coming is the, in the next part. So, that'll be Oh, cool. the part where Harry... Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think then that's got to be because it's it's not the very end. No, so that's the next part. Yeah. So Harry's going to get a treat coming up. <laughs> he won't think of it as a treat, but it really at least is. not initially, anyway. Yeah. So so come back next time, folks, and find out what Melinda does to treat Harry after she's loved him so much that he's hurt and in the hospital and now crying on the floor in a puddle of mush and. We hope that you are enjoying this story as much as we enjoyed it. Um, Melinda is one of my favorite authors, so I'm, I was happy to be able to put this on the list. And, yeah. And if you don't have anything else, I guess we should say goodnight. Nope, I'm done. All right. Good night, everybody. Okay. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.